<laughs> oh, that's an interesting start. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. It's D2 Alive. We're back and we're unplanned as usual. I'm your host, Dan Jones. <laughs> Joined as always by Johnny Chavarro, Scotty McGrory, and a very relaxed-looking Matt White, who's on a banana lounge somewhere in Italy. Uh, mate, uh, you look look in a pretty good spot there. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, it's a shame we can't have our rest day at this hotel. It's a beautiful, uh, beautiful little villa uh, in the middle of nowhere, but it's a nice. I'm on a banana lounge, like you said, by the pool. A uh, very, very small bedroom, and I've spent enough time in there over the last 10 hours, so I thought I'd go out in the sun, enjoy not wearing my mask, I mean, nowhere inside of anyone else, and uh, and have a chat with you guys. What's been the average star rating of the hotels you've been at the Giro this year? Has COVID upped the quality, or is it, or has it dropped off? Uh, I don't want to speak too soon. Um, it'd be an Italian three-star, I would think, at the moment. Yeah, I right. think... Uh, I can. I think it will. I think if you ask me another week's time, it'll go up to four. I think. I think. Okay. We, you know, we, in, in southern Italy, in southern Italy, in some of the regions we've been to, there has been restrictions. A lot of hotels due to COVID have stayed closed, and because it's not holiday season, so I think they've been quite restricted with uh, the availability of hotels to put the caravan and everyone involved in the race. But um, let's hope as we go north, further north, that um, that the uh, star, I can add a star or not two. Yeah, now Italian three star is about one and a half star, isn't it? That's about the, uh, the correct. No, no, I think no, I think you no. Know, some hotels do take the the, <laughs> the liberty to the, the liberty to uh, to to uh, grade themselves, but um, no, it's been it's been not too bad. It's been not too bad, mate. Yeah, but I, I do remember. Fa- I was just going to say, Joe, if you factor in food, I mean the the star rating. Oh, I exactly. Exactly what I was going to say, because I can remember last time I was in that region, the thing that stood out to me, uh, I mean, they were into their vegetable soups and all that. I think lentil soup was a big thing. But they do a great blood sausage in that region, which I love. Did you try that one, mate? Did you try that? Whiskey. Oh, that's a no. Blow him away. Jeez, it's all, it's all happening for the start of this episode. Well, before we get Whitey back on, um, Scotty, what were your thoughts on, on stage number nine? Um, mate, I watched from right from the absolute get-go. Um, amazing. It was a seriously very interesting stage. And the, this is the difference this year is, that we're able to, uh, you know, through the apps and things, streaming apps, you can see the stages right from the absolute start. And a lot of people might think, well, that's boring. You've got to be a super hardcore fan, which, of course, look, I am anyway. But it does um, allow everyone to see just how hard it is to make these breakaways. And it's just been incredible. The last couple of days, from the start, just attack after attack after attack. And these breaks, I think there's been one breakaway that was easily formed at the Giro. Um, But everything else, and especially last night, it was just absolutely full gas right from the start until it eventually um, broke and they got a group away. But it was there was a few GC teams that wanted it to to be a play between them, and you know they brought back the last of the the breakaway guys within the last five hundred meters, I think it was on the dirt. Yeah. Um, and the dirt, I'm I'm not a big fan of dirt sections for the sake out there that are not dirt that you don't really need to go up them. It didn't play any factor in it. It was it was fine. It looked good. It was great spectacle. Um, but yeah, Bernal, wow. You know, he, he really showed everybody that everyone's, you know, at this stage, it looks like everyone's going to be racing for second. Although it is still very close on the GC. Gee, you're calling it early, mate. You are calling very early. We just did oh, the I, first week. I agree with Scotty. Week. I agree with Scotty. <laughs> I think it's, uh, he's too strong at the moment. Hey, your body's back. <laughs> How you going there, oh, Matt? Te- yeah, good. Uh, the, I've worked out the technical issue, uh, sitting in the sun with my Blackberry. Uh, is mm. not a good idea. So I've just sl- slid the banana chair back a few meters into the shade, and maybe it's time for me to upgrade. <laughs> Fine. Hey, and now Whitey's back. Can I say that? Look, I really do think that uh, that um, Simon Yates is going to go all the way and win this Giro. Yeah, just back on what I just said moments ago. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right whatever. whatever. Oh, yeah, good, no, good. Early call. Early call from the boys, Whitey. They're uh, they're they're. they're, they're 
saying slam dunk uh, for Benal. And I'm saying, well, so I just got past the first week, mate. You've got your crook back to come back, uh, come into the uh, equation yet. You probably won't even get to the finish. So anyway, that's another story. Yeah, look at you <laughs> sucking up there, Johnny. <laughs> ah. <laughs> well, who did I pick for last night? I picked Bernal. No, I picked You Yates. picked Simon Yates. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's all right. You'll be good. On the 11, on uh, two days' time, on that dirt uh, monster, uh, he's going to come good. Anyway, uh, let's get let's get what his opinion of, the, of yesterday's stage. No, no, uh, no, no one's going. Oh, well, we're going to we're going to dissect them all shortly. We're going to give them all their their marks for for, for the uh, first uh, eight days of the Giro, nine days of the Giro. We're going to we're going to do that in, in a minute. But uh, uh, so far, anyone inside a couple of minutes can still win this bike race. Yeah, I think there's these. I think in forty eight hours, once we get onto the gravel. Um, there's a lot of things that could happen on that stage. Uh, everyone's going to need a little bit of luck. Uh, obviously, the team around you is, is going to be a big factor, but you know, it doesn't matter what team you're in. Someone crashes in front of you. It could be your own teammate uh, that, that brings you down. You know, if you puncture at the wrong time and the cars aren't anywhere near you, you're going to lose the group you're in. Maybe you don't come back. So it's going to be one of those. I, I really think that, Tomorrow's stage, oh, it's not tomorrow's stage. The stage after the rest day on the gravel could be one of the most finding stages hmm. of this bike race. Are you going to run it a bit like Paravu Bay and have sectors where you've got um, staff with wheels and stuff at certain points, just in case? Yeah, we, we will, Jonesy. But the, the big difference there, mate, is um, there's actually only four sectors. And what they're, they're around, but they're basically between eight and 10, 10 kilometers long. So there's uh, three long sectors and one short sector. And, you know, with Roubaix, you can always have, you have people usually at the end end of a sector or if it's a longer one halfway through. So the guys know that they only got to, they only have to ride through to the end of that sector if they puncture. But, you know, when you've got, when you've got, when you've got, you know, 10 kilometer sectors, sections, mm. You know, where do you have those people? Because if you, know, if you have them early, if they ride past them and they, people aren't going backwards, if you have them at the end, you know, how do you ride, how do you ride on a flat tyre on, on gravel when it's, you know, the difference with Roubaix, you can ride it, it's flat. You know, some of these, some of these sections are technical and downhill. So this is, it's a very different ball game. Um, you know, it's similar to Estrada Bianchi, but the difference is the, the when I saw the quality uh, of the road, just before the race started, um, it was a little bit different. It wasn't it wasn't as hard packed as the the strata stages. Um, but I'm going to go back and have a look at on the rest day and see what the final product looks like. But um, regardless, um, it's going to be it's going to be a pretty hectic, uh, especially into that first section section because you know, the whole bunch is going to arrive into that one, as it does with the first section of Paris Bay. And after that, uh, you need a little bit of luck and. Uh, I think by the time you get through the middle of the, that second sector, um, people who haven't had bad luck and have got legs will, will really shine because some of those some of those pinches in that second sector, it's going to blow the race apart. I'll tell you what you do. You go to Lorenzo's hometown with four minivans, 50 fluoro vests, eight slabs of Duval, and just drive them all over to Italy and just spread them out like lemmings. <laughs> just to get all the bottle boys, just say, this is the one day, boys. We need you to really step up the plate and let's go. Let's just absolutely yeah. flood it. Yeah, no, look, we'll, we'll be doing everything we can with the resources we've got. And then, you know, there is points on the course we can crisscross. There's the, the UCI is allowed, uh, allowed each team to have a spare bike on the side of the road. So they're actually going to change the rules because, you know, the, the current rules are you can only change your bike off the roof of the car. So there's all these things that that um, are going to help the situation, but depending on where you puncture, where you crash, or if you or if mm. you don't at all, uh, how that is going to affect your leader. So anyway, that's one day at a time. We've got to get through today's stage first, and then have a well-deserved re- deserved rest day before we uh, we hit one of the most crucial stages. Scotty, just, uh, no, no, Scott, Scotty had his hand up earlier, and I cut him off. So Scotty first, then you, John. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Mr. Jones. Um, the yeah, Whitey. Just talking about when you mentioned Roubaix before, like when you go to an event like Roubaix, you know, whatever size the peloton is, 200 riders, um, 
everyone's there, they understand what it is, and they're there for a reason. They've trained for it, typically. Um, but when you have cobbles in the Tour de France or dirt in the Giro, it's very different, isn't it? Like, you've got, you know, all these little climbers, Colombians, you know, different types of riders. They're not all the same skill set that you would take to the Strata Bianchi on its own or um, yep. or Paris Bay on its own. So, you know, how much of a factor is that and how nervous does that make this race compared to those others? Yeah, well, if, if you go to those races, if you go to Paris-Roubaix or you go to Strata, you know, you, you, you know what you're in for. You're a specialist. Uh, tomorrow, it's, uh, it's uh, 35 kilometres out of 3,000 kilometres of dirt. And uh, it's going to have a big effect. And the main thing, I think, for the first sector especially, is just the nerves in the bunch because there will be some guys there that won't sleep that well the night before, I would think. Um, whereas if you're, yeah, if you're lining up for Paris-Roubaix, you know what you're in for. You're prepared for it or you're in a team that doesn't actually like doing it and you've been sent there because they've got no one else. But uh, <laughs> but, the, but, the, but this is going to be a special state. And, you know, I, was, I did the – when the Giro was, uh, went through this, the traditional strata stages back when Cadell won the stage, that was a uh, – you know, that was a day for the ages, that one. Uh, and it was in the wet and it really was a slog fest. And a really, really epic day. Um, I haven't looked that far in front about uh, what the weather's going to do on uh, on Wednesday, but I actually probably think that if it does rain, it'll probably it'll probably be better because it'll actually it'll slow the race down. Because at the moment, some of these section sectors are so fast and flowing uh, that uh, a bit of rain will put a bit of fear into some of the guys uh, and make them make them slow down. Because uh, from what I saw, it's um, there was a lot of places that you could easily wash out on corners just to just because of the loose gravel but like i said we'll see what the we'll see what the final product look like looks like um because it was a work in progress just before the giro well you're not as you've said before uh, Whitey, you're not a weatherman <laughs> but just before we actually talked to you about uh yesterday's stage because it was a great stage i want to get your opinion on some of the how the guys all went but I know it's a good story today, or a story about Avenapol and his teammate who almost hit wheels. I, I couldn't really understand it in that tunnel. Um, how bad was it in that tunnel as far as vision? Because I know, I know a lot of times you go into the tunnels and you just can't see for that short time because you're coming out from sunlight to dim light. So, how bad was that tunnel before uh, yesterday? Mate, we, we probably had about seven seven tunnels yesterday, and I think the, the tunnel coming up to two kilometres to go is probably the best lit one. Um, there was a there was a couple of tunnels early in the stage. There was one there was one on a corner uh, that only went for fifty metres that um, that w- was was not the best lit. Uh, there was there, there was a lot of tunnels yesterday. The one the one in the final was wide and it was well lit, so that was just um just, that was just an accident. The, the one two k to go, but uh, there were some other uh, pretty hectic tunnels uh, through the stage yesterday. And uh, yeah, like I said the one in the final wasn't due to battle. That, that incident with Quickset that certainly wasn't due to um to poor lighting. Um, Waddy, did the stage pan out pretty much how you thought it would? from the start of the day, given how calculated it seemed to be with teams like Ineos and and the way Bernal waited to right at the end there. And also it, it appears as though we talked at the, before the start of the Giro and it was all about, you know, taking the learnings from 2018, particularly with Simon. Uh, everything seems to be sort of playing towards how you would have predicted at the start in terms of he's just chipping away and he hasn't had to go into the red and really waiting for that sort of second and third week. Yeah, I think, well, I think what we learned from 2018, we already, um, it's a very different, a very different tactic because we were racing different people and there was a lot less control kilometers and we, we, we knew where he was at control wise. And I think this year, uh, the way the race pan, the race pan, yes, Good pool, average internet. It's pretty predicted. <laughs> oh, we knew it'd be pretty hectic. Um, I didn't think it'd go on that long. Um, it went on for a very, very long time, and I don't know how much television they actually. Yeah, we're just, we're just having a few internet difficulties, Whitey. 
It's sort of cutting in and out at the moment. We, we, we did see it all, though, mate. We we saw that first 40K of... Did you uh, see me, guys? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can see it's just sort of cutting in and out with your answers. It's all right. It's a bloody Blackberry, mate. I think we've cooked it. <laughs> uh, we've turned the Blackberry into a nice little puree that we can spread over the pancakes. <laughs> That's all right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the point was, you know, very different, you, as you, you said, me, you, di different competitors, different race. Um, but it looks to be, you know, very calculated at this point in terms of not having to do too much too early. You, can you hear us now, Waddy? Yep. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll, it is. I yeah. think, you know, no, no, wants to, yep. nobody wants to lose time. Um, but there, there are sec there's seconds here and there we've lost, but... Um, I think uh, it's going to the, the Dolomites is obviously is where the race is going to be won and lost. And uh, it's interesting the way that Ineos have gone about it. They obviously wanted to go into this uh, into this gravel stage in the lead. It's it's a great place to be in the car order as well. And uh, who knows what they're thinking uh, with with Egan in the back end of this race. So, you know, it's they're in pole position at the moment, but there's uh, there's a lot of guys very very close to them. And like I said, in 48 hours' time, with one bit of bad luck from any of those guys. Yep. And uh, what, what's the plan of attack for stage number 10 today, mate? Um, it should be one for the sprinters. For today? Yeah, look, it's today's a, it's, it's a short day. It's an intense day. Uh, sometimes these, these, these really short stages can be the most aggressive out of the whole race. And uh, we just need to be to be prepared. Uh, I know the area quite well. They're, they're, there's predicted wind through a few of those valleys there around Rieti, uh, but the, the break should be under control by then. Uh, and then when we come over that last 30 kilometres off the last climb of the day, it does become more exposed. So as a GC team, we just need to be aware of uh, of certain teams and uh, and especially the sprint teams and, and how they play out the final. But... Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Bora put uh, put the pure sprinters under the pump on that final climb of the day because uh, I don't think Peter Sagan's sprinting as fast as the fastest guys here, especially and well Caleb may have gone home, but uh, I think if he can isolate uh, isolate some of those other sprinters, then I think um, I think it's probably Peter Sagan's best chance to win a stage in, in the coming days. If he. Yeah, so I reckon uh, it could be a breakaway day as well. I don't know that Ineos aren't going to be worrying about containing, trying to contain this if a good break gets up the road with no GC threats in there. And I don't know that the other the sprint teams are really going well enough at the moment to control it. So I reckon a breakaway could get up the road. Yep. It's a good. It's a good point. Don't disagree with you, John. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, Jumbo Visma. I reckon. I, I'm sneaky suspicion that um, with George Bennett not up there on the the uh, GC, they, they almost got to the end of the stage yesterday, close enough to go for a win. It didn't happen. Grunewagen still <clears throat> in the mix. Caleb's not here now. So maybe maybe Jumbo Visma is a team that wants to try and control it and give um, Dylan a, a chance to go for his win. Oh, a hundred percent, Scotty. I, I think all uh, all the sprint teams will have the same idea at the start of the race, and that that is that have a break go that's small, that's manageable, and then uh, then I think the only team that really would want to force the pace on the last climb is Sagan because I I don't think Sagan likes his chances up against Groomwegen and the pure sprinters, but I think uh, from the start all the all the sprint teams are on the same page. Ineos sort of sit back, let the sprint teams do their thing in the first first 30, 40 minutes of the race. A small break will go. That Ineos won't have to do anything. The uh, the sprint teams will control the stage, and the only the only place where it could get spicy there is if uh, if uh, someone wants to light it up on the last climb to get rid of the pure sprinters, or the run into the line just because there is a little bit of side wind predicted. Yep, sounds good. So uh, I was going to say, how is uh, Simon feeling, mate? He was sort of in that little group uh, that lost, you know, 10, 20 seconds. But it, um, how is he feeling? Yeah, good, mate. Good. He's cruising along there. Uh, he's, in the, he's the last guy in the back of that first group. 
the boys put him in a really good position uh, into the bottom of that uh, section. Michele, uh, especially uh, Nick Schultz did a very, very good job popping him into, into, into position there. Then uh, he got a little bit swamped there when uh, when Moscon uh, went and propped a bit. But uh, no, he's doing enough what he, need, what he needed to do, mate. So uh, today we try to get him through as easy a day as possible. And then uh, then all the GC teams have got a big day ahead of them on the gravel. So one day at a time. I know it's cliche, but uh, no, it's uh, it was, he's feeling good and uh, doing what he needs to. Hey, uh, one thing I noticed, Whitey, is Team Bike Exchange, second on the team's classification at the moment. I don't ever recall the team ever being at the pointy end of the team's classification after nine stages. Well, we have been, Jonesy, many times, but the other end. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it, 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 look, it, it, hasn't, it has not been our forte over the years, team's classification, especially at this race. But, uh, you know, we, we have come to this race before uh, – the um the amount of success we've had at this race over the last ten years is um it's it's yeah, it's been big it's been big you know, even the year when we finished with two riders you know we, we did win three stages and had nine days in the pink jersey um it's not about finishing these bike races it's about doing something in them and mm. uh, teams case well teams classification hasn't been a goal of ours just because we you know in the past we didn't come we didn't even have three climbers at a race mm. like this so it's pretty hard to do teams class and I think with teams class as well it's one of those prizes that Especially in the Grand Tours, I think it's a big, it's a big prize, and I think it's a great, great exposure for your sponsor if you win it. But nobody remembers who finishes second. Uh, so I think once again, no one really remembers there, who won it. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> the only, no, the only time I remember who won it. Well, the only time I remember <laughs> a team's class was that year Garmin won it, and they had the silhouette of um, one of the riders. Dave Zabriskie. That, uh, Dave Zabriskie. Cut out, cut the only out of time Dave Zabriskie I remember. To- yeah. 2000, Come on. 2011 Tour de France. Bobby yep. Star. Bobby Star normally win it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Because Mom, they, the they, go, they, go with, they go with eight climbers. That's right. It's the uh, movie so star it chocolate make, it watch. Makes, it makes life a little bit easier when you've got eight climbers than when you've got one or two. That's all. Uh, hey, we do have a fan question from Wombat Breath. He loves chiming in. Uh, can you ask Whitey if Bike Exchange are planning any equipment changes to deal with Wednesday's gravel stage, sections, tyre size, etc.? cetera? You did answer that um, early on in the detour um, with the tyre sizes, but is there anything other than the width of the tyres that you're doing differently? Uh there's some stuff that I don't really want to talk about, but basically we're running similar, similar tires to uh, Roubaix and a different pressure, which uh, which the guys are comfortable on, and and that pressure as well is uh, is very much uh, dictated by one their weight, and two the feel that they like on those sections. Um, uh, yeah, because you know, some guys like it, actually don't mind it running so, running quite soft, especially with these big bag tires. The feeling is uh, surprisingly good. I've never used twenty eight or thirty mil tires, so I don't know. I don't. All I'm hearing is that from what the boys are saying. But uh, yeah, it's basically a similar set, similar setup to Roubaix. We were talking to Michael Rogers yesterday um, about technology, particularly, and he was, he was mentioning Garner's time trial broke. Uh, are you going to look to get a 3D printer installed at the service course just for any components you want to whip up? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think that's on the, uh, the list of priorities there, Jonesy. I think, don't think so. We've, we've got okay. a new coffee machine in the bus since you left, mate, which has been, oh, really? has been very well used. What would you go with? I can't remember the brand, but uh, it's it's working well. We got it last year just before we. I think we, I think we only had it one day before we had to let, exit the Giro last year, so uh, it, it hasn't been used too much, just too much, and it's still uh, producing some nice flavoured coffee. Well, mate, if you do get a coffee bean sponsor like you did in I think 2013, let us know. We'll be happy to give them a plug on the detour, mate, just to make sure they get that value for money. Exactly, and now that Alba's gone. Um, now that Alba's gone, the roast is definitely different. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, anything you want to add before we let Whitey go, boys? Nah, look, thanks, thanks for coming on board again, mate, and uh, uh, enjoy the rest day. We, we're having a rest day as well, so we won't annoy you on the rest day. It's my birthday tomorrow, so we're having a day off as well. Yeah. Oh, happy, happy, um, happy birthday for tomorrow, and uh, I'll be thinking of you, Jonesy, at Perugia Park Hotel there where we're doing the old, the old boxing. <laughs> That's right. Enjoy the pads, uh, mate. Up, update All on, right, guys. Uh, on, I'm going to get off to get off to the bus. What's that, Scotty? 
Oh, just an update on Cam Meyer. Is he he's still getting better and better? Yeah, yes, he, he is. I think we I think we're we're definitely definitely past the worst uh, the worst part of his illness, and I won't have he won't have any role for him today uh, at all. And then with the rest day tomorrow, I expect him to nearly be at a hundred percent in by the time we get to on the other side of the gravel stage. So then we dodged a big bullet there. Uh, and Newton has just cut out. <laughs> Perfect timing. Guys, with the um, – just while we're on it, just on the Cam Meyer mm. situation. Yep. Um, sounds terrible. Starts – you know, with, he's sick first couple of days, struggles through. One of the things that sometimes has happened, so that I've noticed in my time, is because you are sick, like it sounds terrible that you've got to try and fight to the end of every stage and you're digging deep or whatever – and you end up just, you know, you, you would think that the riders just keep going down, 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 down. And even if they get healthy again, then they're just completely cooked because they've compl- um, emptied themselves. But when you are a bit sick, sometimes you don't actually, um, you can't actually get to 100%. So as long as you can get through it and recover, it might be that physically he hasn't actually put, you know, through his muscles themselves, the absolute maximum that he would have if he was actually healthy and racing. So he might bounce back from this really well. And after the rest day, who knows, you know, give him another week or so, um, he could be absolutely flying. Mm. That's a fair effort because it's hard <laughs> enough to get through some of those stages when you are feeling good. Um, before, before you we... throw to your ads and start talking about uh, uh, um, given the the, uh, uh, the rage, I just thought we might have a, uh, a little yep about that amazing crash yesterday with Mohoric uh, when he uh, did the somersault and broke his bike and whatever. Have you got a, a photo of that one, uh, Jonesy? Uh, no, I didn't queue one up, but I can. I'll, I'll be able yeah. to grab one. You just keep talking amongst yourselves. It, yeah. it anyway. was um, – because there was a lot of discussion in commentary, wasn't there, John, about you know what may have happened. And, and I think that um, – and I don't know – I haven't read online if they've actually explained exactly what did happen, but he lost the back wheel. Then that unbalanced him and he leant forward. And I think he just grabbed a little bit too much front brake. And that's why the front wheel locked up and over the bars. <laughs> Um, so I think that's yeah. what's happened there. Uh, I, 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 reckon, I reckon he's actually hit something. I th- might have even been a pothole, I saw that, which, which caused him to lose the back wheel. I actually there you go. Hit. Oh, that is amazing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That, you reckon that's a, that is a, a doctored up stage shot? No one could actually do that, could they? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm um, poor bugger though. He was dazed after it, wasn't he? So he was. He stood up, walking around. You could tell from the start he was. He was carrying his left arm a little bit funny, a bit awkward, like he'd hurt his shoulder or something. Um, but then he had to sit down. And he was, remember, he was hang, holding onto the guardrail just for balance and then started to sort of fall back a bit. And, oh, no, no, he's had a real knock to the head. And he's a very good descender. I've watched him you know, yeah. a, a lot. He's one of the good descenders. That's why I don't think it was just a, a back wheel washout. He's very, very spot on. Matter of fact, he's credited with starting the Super Tuck. He he's the man pedal- who first started it. The peddling yeah. super tuck. Yeah, exactly. Well, there was a photo there where you see his bike as well um, on the right-hand yeah. side. Um, that'll bu- that'll is... buff out, though. You'll buff that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How much does it affect, like, brand bike brands when they have incidents like that? Like, do people look at that who ride and go, wow, I'm not going near. Like, what, what bikes are they riding? Is that Merida? Uh, Merida, yeah. No, I, I think in that situation, people understand it's, it's a crash. So it, didn't, it didn't crash because the bike broke. The bike broke because of the crash. So I think people can get around that. One of the ones mm. that was probably a bit more disturbing that everyone just seemed to move away from was George Hincappy, Perry Roubaix, yeah. early 2000s, when his, oh, his, um, yeah. his steerer tube just snapped, just riding yeah. along and boof, went yeah. down. Yeah. Yep. Um, and the mistake he made then was, you know, what do you do? Like, he's going to crash. There's no way. You cannot come recover from that. But he dropped his handlebars, which then went straight into his front wheel, locked up and over the bars. That's when he, he broke his collarbone. I don't know what he could have done to avoid that anyway, but, um, yeah, that was nasty. And that was just a steerer tube, just snapped in half. Mm. Um, didn't seem to affect the Trek sales. All right. Well, it's time for a quick word from our great mates at Bike Exchange. Look at this bike. You think it's just a bike, right? But it's not. <clears throat> it's a bike. 374 people are looking at this guy, this girl, them, all looking at it. People from here, there, and wherever this is. People that are looking for a bike. Or just a piece of it. Amateurs. Semi-amateurs. And pro-amateurs. This guy wants this bike, but with this crank. 
and these bars. This could be the perfect match. But not this one. This girl has a bike to sell, and thousands of people might purchase it. Eyes on Bikes help grow small businesses. His, hers, yours, and the latest data and insights help those businesses keep moving. We are the world's number one bike marketplace with over 500,000 products and 900 brands where buyers and sellers are brought together in a place where a bike is never just a bike. Bike Exchange, where the world buys, sells, learns and rides. I uh, just got a message. Oh, thanks again to our mates at Bike Exchange. Just got a message from Matt White. He said, sorry, mate, phone overheated. Bloody Blackberry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cam is nearly back. Really happy with where he's at now pre-rest day. So all good with that. Now, uh, mountain biking. It's obviously the Olympics coming up and there's a couple of superstars. Scooter, uh, you sent through some images from overnight. Mm. Mountain biking, hey? So both have done mountain biking, of course. But, uh, yeah, Matthew Vanderpoel seconds on Sunday and Tom Pidcock, riding for Ineos, won the Nova Mesto round, second round of the Cross Country World Cup this year. And um, those two completely blew the full-time mountain bike field apart. So, uh, and they had, they had a round last week. Pitcock started on the ninth row. And in mountain biking, for anyone that doesn't understand, you know, your seating gets you front row, second row, third row, whatever. He was on the ninth row. So many riders back. And it's really difficult to move up in mountain bike racing. They do a start loop to give you a, a bit of a chance on a slightly wider circuit before you go up into the, uh, the forest. And... Um, he only got pipped by Vanderpol in the sprint at the end. That's how much he moved up in that race last week. This one, Vanderpol hit out from the start, blew everyone apart. Pitcock went across to him and then blew Vanderpol apart. He ended up winning by a minute um, in front of Matthew. So he is right now looking like the favourite for the Olympic Games. Matthew may be second favourite. So these two guys that are cyclocrosses, brilliant road riders, and now looking like the favourites for mountain bike at the Olympic Games this year, which is extraordinary. Now, Great Britain, I think it's something like 30 years since, or more than 30 years since Great Britain has had a rider that's won a round of a World Cup. So this is groundbreaking for, for Pidcock to do it. But because they haven't been riding that much in the last couple of years as well, he, he did under 23 races last year, but they didn't have many points for the qualification of a position for a rider from Great Britain. Um, and in this round uh, of the World Cup in Nova Mesto in the Czech Republic, it, the way it's all convoluted sort of with their selection process is the Romanian rider um, had to finish inside the top 25 and then that pushed one of the other countries out, which would then allow Great Britain to have one spot in the mountain bike. So even though he was up the front smashing everybody and won it, it was out of his control whether he was going to get a spot at the Olympic Games or not. And the Romanian finished 17th, I think, inside the top 25. So there is now one spot for Great Britain. So Tom Pitcock can actually be the favourite and go and race the Olympics. <laughs> well, there, there could have been some dodgy deals, brown paper bags there for the Romanian. Uh, no, yeah, there probably could have been actually, yeah. <laughs> um, hey, but uh, and Rebecca, Rebecca McConnell, Beck McConnell, Aussie, finished third. Yep. So third in the in the women's race, which is she, she's. I tell you what, you've got to give it to Beck. Um, she's been mm. around for ages now, and she was riding for Trek years ago, part of the factory team. Looked like she was going to go, you know, really be a, a regular in the World Cups on the podium. Finished uh, medalist at the World Championships, medalist in a, in a World Cup um, years ago, and then lost her contract with Trek. Went private, her and, and Dan McConnell, her husband, who was in the men's race, they went private for a season, then went into a small team, and they just self-funded, struggled, got moving through, and then Beck's come back to get a medal at the Worlds again, now run third at the World Cup, and she's now a medal, a genuine medal chance for the Olympics, which five years ago you would have thought, nah, no, no chance at all. Um, and there was no funding through Oz Cycling or Cycling Australia then for our mountain bike riders because they were seen as not being a medal chance for the Olympics. So no funding went to mountain bike. It all went to track, paracycling, BMX and road. Um, and now we've actually got someone that is a fair nick and medal chance in Beck McConnell and there hasn't been any funding for her for the last four years. Um, so Jeez. good luck to Beck. Yeah, bloody oath. Yeah. yeah. yeah good honour. Um, what were your thoughts, Scotty, on the chat with Mike Rogers yesterday, particularly around, you know, all the UCI stuff and regulations and... Um, I look, I, to be honest, I was at um, my sister's place having dinner and clicked on um, right towards the end. So that first, the comment that I that I sent through was just <laughs> the after I'd, the lightning one, which yeah was wasn't that funny until his his uh, he was, he froze 
which made it far more hilarious. But um, <laughs> so I didn't I didn't hear a lot of it. I did send one more comment through um, because you've got to remember, like Mick Rogers, obviously superstar, multiple world champion uh, in the time trial and a long time professional. But I also raced the Commonwealth Games road race with his brother Peter, um, and his other brother Dean was uh, world champ in the under 19s or world medalist or world champ under under 19 time trial um, years ago. So three brothers, all exceptional. Um, Dean didn't go on with it. Pete rode in you know, some of the smaller pro teams and then you know, Com Games in 98. But Pete's son, Cameron, is a multiple Australian under 19 champion. We had him on the show last night. We had photos we talked about. Him oh, you depth. saw all that? I didn't see any of that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was commentating the track nationals with him um, him smashing everybody. So, yeah, yeah, he's the next Rogers coming through. It's, um, oh, and yeah, imagine his genetic makeup. Like, his mum's a triathlete as well. Like, he's just going to be a freak. It's unfair, yeah. isn't it? You shouldn't be it is. It is. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ify, let's uh, let's deep dive into the GC contenders and let's uh, let's give them a bit of a rating and uh, evaluate their chances. So obviously, I'm, I'm I think Bernal at this stage. I mean, you're not breaking. You guys any are going home and hose, home and hose. Wow, well, we're not. Yeah, it's a safe call, but Jesus looks strong. Like when he <laughs> when he decides to go, I mean that power and that acceleration. We've seen it over the years. We've seen it through the Froomey years when he dominated the tour and that. Anyone that shows those cards early that can just, when they want to rev the engines and take off like they do, that is a very, very good sign. Unless, of course, he blows up, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, okay, you've asked me a question. Can I get an answer? Thank you. Sure, can. No worries. <laughs> look, I was very impressed. Look, whenever it's gotten really tough, in this whole, every time the road's gone up, uh, Bernal's been the strongest, so no doubt about that. And yesterday, when he went, that was absolutely awesome. It, but it, it was only like 600 meters to go, uh, when he, when he, when he moved and changed gears, knocked up to the big chain ring, and then rode away. And Sacconi was very, very good as well. Only thing I would say for all the effort that he's done, he's only what is he 10 seconds in front of 15, uh, 15, 15 seconds in front of Vanapol. Okay, and there's a lot of effort being done for that. Now, Eventipol's going to have some challenges to get through three weeks, but um, got the phone on silent, on. please, John. I, I will now, yes. I'll Take the call. Silent. Put no. it on speaker. Let's have some fun. Yeah. It's me, <laughs> mate, Jim. Jim the Greek. Jim, Jim, Jim the Greek. <laughs> Sounds like a, a legal bookmaker. <laughs> hey, John, the, do you want to square that down what or what? What I was getting to, what I was getting to is that if Eventipol – does not crack as a lot of people think he will because he hasn't been uh, because of his um, first race back and his first grand tour. I, I can tell you now, Bernal's going to have to get close to two minutes in front of him before that final time trial uh, in, in Milan because uh, th that's how much Avenipo uh, will take out of him in a, in a 35k time trial. So that's I'll just throw that in. So if we're going to talk about points. I would give Bernal eight out of ten. Mm. What do you reckon, Scooter? I w I would give him well because we haven't hit any, we haven't hit any of of the really big climbs yet. These are all just been the, the the you know a couple of GC showdowns, but not on anything major. We've got the Motorola and everything else still to come. So, um, what he's showing now is if he lights it up on many of those climbs to the finish and the hilltop, you know with. 10Ks to go, 8Ks to go, then then there's there's minutes or a minute a stage he could put into them. So I, I would give him um, – I'd give him a nine for now. He's looked really safe. The team's looked after him. In, even in the crosswinds, you've got Garner as his bodyguard. Um, he looks really well protected, very, very frisky, um, and just jumping out of his skin ready to go. And very humble too. You know, you, know, you saw the post-race interview. I don't know if you saw his post-race interview. Oh, he's um, Yeah, he was crying. So um, very emotionally, understands what he's come from. You know, to win the Tour de France, then have a back injury that may end your career and then to come back and, and be this strong. I think it all just hinges on his back. You, if, if they're being honest about how bad it is, has been, well, okay, that's probably the biggest danger. I don't think anyone else is a danger to Bernal. I think his back is a danger to him and that's about it. Um, if you said it's his first Grand Tour stage win, it is. That's it. Mm, that is yeah. his first Grand Tour. Matter of fact, it's first, he's never even run a place in a Grand Tour stage uh, mm. before uh, before yesterday. So he's, when he's you cracked. heard, 
Yeah. <laughs> well, but he hasn't ridden many Grand Tours. He, he rode a, a, a Tour de France as a support rider. Next year, he mm. won the Tour de France. And then the next year, he was mm. injured. Had never yeah. ridden the Vuelta. And well, do, his you, first, uh, Giro. Do, you, do you remember? So when he took the lead of the Tour that he won, that was the stage where the stage was cancelled halfway down the descent yeah. because of the big landslide. And yeah. they took the time from the it, top it, of the it was, mountain it was with it. Simon. It was with Simon Yates. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and he, he was—he would have had to. That was interesting because I, I thought that Geraint Thomas would have won that tour had they not had the landslide, because they sent Bernal out in front, you know, as a carrot, and you know, G was looking pretty comfortable in that second group. Then they took the time at the top of that last, the penultimate climb, which put him into the lead. But he still had to get all the way with Simon on his wheel. Simon wouldn't have contributed to the to the work at all, and he had to get all the way through the valley to the last climb to then try and ride up the last climb. And I think the whole tactic was for Geraint Thomas to attack on the last climb, ride across to Bernal and take the lead. Um, I, I, don't, I, don't rec- I don't agree with you on that one, Scotty, because uh, Simon told me that he, he was work, working for him then because you know he'd actually dropped him over the top of the climb. Bernal had dropped uh, Simon. Simon had got back to him and, and did a deal. Simon said, okay, I'll work with you all the way to the climb. But I get to stay. So that was the the, the deal that they, they Oh, done. don't tell me that. I remember I loaded oh, yeah. up on Yatesy that day. Yeah, uh, Yatesy no, would have won a, that. That's okay. His third third stage win. Oh, yeah, no, but that, that, that's fine. But I th- I still think the tactic from the team was to have Bernal out in front and for Garrett to then attack on that last climb. So to get a, and he maybe like Simon may still won on the stage. Um, but if Bernal dropped him on the last hill, then. On the penultimate hill, then maybe Simon wouldn't have been able to. But uh, yeah, it doesn't matter now. He won that tour, but I mean, he didn't win a stage during the tour that he won. All right, so eight out of ten for Bernal. Nine well, out of nine, from nine uh, from Scotty, and I actually, uh, I, I have my arm twisted there. I probably would, uh, would go close to a nine when you when you think about it, because I was going to give uh, Remco uh, uh, an eight as well, um, and uh, I've been very impressed because. Uh, he lost a fraction of time uh, the first day in the climbs, but then was really good in the second one. Uh, yesterday, <laughs> evidently, I don't know how you almost fall off and lose so many places, but they dropped from near the front of the group to the back of the group through that last tunnel, uh, he and his teammates. So, uh, and then that, that put him under the pump uh, a bit up that final climb. But, um, yeah, I've, I've given him an eight. What about what do you reckon of that one, Scotty? Well, that, that explains it, doesn't it? Because it didn't make any sense that he was at the back of the group when they got onto the dirt other than he was struggling. Right? That was the only other excuse you know you would have come up with or reason, um, which evidently wasn't the case because when he rode back through everyone, I, at the time I was confused. I'm like, well, how stupid is he to start the back of the dirt, um, you know, the back of the group, and then to ride through? So, you know, he still lost time but was, you know, probably the strongest of the rest of the contenders because he was able yeah. to ride through them all to get, um, you know, just up behind Bernal. So, yeah, if I go Bernal 9, then, I, you know, it's only one place back to uh, to Evnipol and he still has up his sleeve that time trial ability for the final stage. It's just the big mountain still to come now and see if he... The, the other thing is, though, if he, like if today is an easier day for him, like if he can get through this comfortably, then he's got the rest day. His physiology is absolutely extraordinary you know for his age you know no doubt Bernal's is as well but these sort of guys and you know this John I know the story about you when you rode um uh the tour of Switzerland into the Giro or the other way around but um you know if you've got the physiology and you can actually recover during the race you just get better like typically you get more tired more fatigued as the more you go on but guys with the physiology of um of Remco Evnipol they can actually get better if they're getting enough recovery in some easier stages. They'll just get better and better. And I don't think he will slow down. I think he'll just get better. All right. Um, third on GC, 21 seconds behind, uh, Vlasov. How do you rate his duo so far? Yeah, pretty good, actually. He's only had he, he's uh, one sort of iffy, uh, um, the middle mountain stage, a little bit iffy there, but first one, and the, this one he was very good. Um, I would give him... A seven, uh, and and starting to looks like he's starting to come good. Yep, scooter. Mm. Mm. Um, I'd, I'd give him look. You know, he'll he'll just keep dropping down the the GC as we go further in. He was twenty seventh, I think it was last year. Um, you know, which means he can get up over a hill, but I don't. He's not going to be up there with with the real guns. And we saw that yesterday under a bit of pressure. 
Um, so I think he'll just start to slide down and he'll be hopeful of trying to hang into a top 10. Um, so up to this point, by actually leading the race for his level, amazing. You, I'd give him an eight for that, but I think, you know, he'll end up probably down, you know, 10th or 12th or something like that, I reckon, by the end of it all. Okay. You're not a, not a Vlasov fan, mate. No, no, I, I think Attila the Hungarian is great, but... Um, no, we're not talking about Attila. We're talking about Vlasov. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was I was on the wrong one there. So Vlasov, well, Vlasov's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll see when you're saying leading the race, I'm going, what's he talking about? <laughs> oh, carry on. <laughs> yeah, my thoughts on Attila still stand, put it that way. Um, but uh, no, but Vlasov, Vlasov, he's, he's tapping away. He's just tapping away, hasn't been in any danger, hasn't shown any real signs. Again, no one's been able to go when, when Bernal goes snap. Um so yeah, I'd I'd have him sitting there the same as um as Evan Nepal. We're just waiting for the big mountains for the first big test. Yeah. All right, well we'll start with you, Scotty Chicone. Uh, Thirty six seconds behind. Hey, um, I didn't. Well, I shouldn't say I didn't rate him. I didn't think he was you know a real chance for the overall, but he's been a, a really good surprise. Um, and he's been around ages and he's won lots of stages and things. But um, yeah, I think he's been uh you know better than I would have expected him to be. Uh, so for now, yeah, I'll give him a seven. Seven's, you know, he, he's a, a genuine chance of a top five. Um, we've got a we've got a comment just to bust things up a bit uh, from David. How do you pronounce that last name? Leninide. Uh Third week hypothetical. Bernal's at number one, but back pops. Remco at number two blows up due to being under condition. Who does the Bradbury? Simon Yates. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was, ta- that was ta- Gagenhart last year, wasn't it? You know, with all these yeah. stars falling yeah. away, and all of a sudden, Tao gets gets a, gets a win, and, and Jai yeah. second on GC. So, yeah, uh, Simon Yates. Hmm. Yeah, um, that's a good. That's a, that's a good one. I like that. That's a, mm. uh, come on, keep coming, guys. Uh, uh, I Chikoni, gave uh, Chikoni, uh an eight point five. I have been very impressed with his Giro. Uh, uh, like you, Scotty. Uh, I just thought he was a little breakaway specialist <laughs> and, and there to help, um, you know, mm. some of the other guys. But he has been fantastic, and he has not really shown any weakness. He went all. He went <laughs> with Banal. Uh, yesterday, till they actually caught the other two about 400 to go, and then Bernal just whacked it up into the, the small ring, up to the bigger ring, and just went, rode away from him. But mm-hmm. he was, but he, he stayed there for second in the stage. So it was a, very impressed, very impressed. Yep. Yeah. Uh, start with you, Johnny um, Attila. Attila the, Hun, yep. Attila the Hungarian. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, look, what, what a performance. I think you are very, very hard on him uh, a minute ago, Scott. In that, I can only judge you from what he's done. Only, and he wasn't that far back yesterday uh, in last night's stage. I'll give him, on his performance so far, not on what he's going to do for the rest of the race, I'll give him an 8.5. It's been fantastic. Hmm. Scooter? I've already said my piece. All right, Hugh Carthy, 44 seconds behind. EF Education Nippo Scooter Scooter. Um, look, I think I think Hugh is uh, on target for a podium. I think he can certainly get up there. Maybe maybe third. Once we get into the high mountains, I reckon um, he'll he'll come into his own a little bit. Maybe not as good as Bernal, but um, and he'll get beaten in the time trial, of course, by Evan Apol. So, but I reckon of of those top contenders, I think he's the one that might be able to stick with them the longest on the big climbs. So. Uh, yeah, I think he's just right where he needs to be at the moment. So I'd, I'd stick him on an eight. If he, yeah, I've got him on seven point five, but I agree with everything mm. you just said. Uh, matter of fact, the first day in the climbs, he actually looked really good. He actually mm. bridged across to, uh, to to Bernal, and I was impressed. Uh, but since then, has been quite as good. But he's still like right, in the you know, seconds between them, and mm. uh, so I gave him a seven point five. Yep. All right. Uh, moving along, next on GC is Caruso from Bahrain, Victorious. He's uh, sitting 45 seconds off the pace. Scooter? Um, got to give the team uh, a fair crack here, haven't you? Because since they lost Lander, um, mm. the team's been amazing, haven't they? Really, really aggressive and going with things. You know, okay, they lost Morich uh, yesterday. Um, but, uh, look, I, I don't think we'll see a lot from him once they get into the big climbs. I think that's when he'll start to fade. They were there all for Lander. This is now just trying to pick up stages and, and do what they can. Um, they'll probably be trying to do, to do what they can 
um, to uh, to get back into the KOM jersey as well. So, look, I'd give Caruso um, up to this point. I'd give him a six, um, and I reckon that's probably where he'll end up as well, you know, fighting to try and stay in the top ten. If he yeah. six point five, he was very aggressive yesterday trying to get in the break, and we, we don't, not we don't want to go back too much. But I found that first sixty k with all that going on yesterday absolutely fascinating. I That's mean, great. all those different breaks and guys up up there on GC trying, which we're all never going to let, get let go. And then situations like UAE, they had Ulysses in the front group, and then they've chased it down. Mm. Did they not know he was there? What in the bloody hell was going on? Yeah, maybe he's changing teams at the end of the year. Who knows? Who knows? But um, <laughs> but in those in those stages, what people you know, because we're looking at the front, it's amazing and it's awesome. And it's all these attacks. I'm also thinking about Grunewagen. You know, I'm thinking about um, uh, you know, like Caleb in those situations as well. Did he really have a sore knee, or was it just getting too hard? No disrespect, of course. Um, but you know, if you look at uh, you know those sprinters. On stages like that, they are just praying, hoping that the brake just bloody hell hurries up and gets up the front so the peloton can slow down um, because that would have been torture. They would have been on the elastic band at the back of the bunch in a world of pain. I don't, I don't reckon that uh, Caleb would have pulled out if he hadn't had something wrong because, okay, it was hard and whatever, but he had a really big chance for two more stage wins. He was going to pull out after stage 13. Hmm. Yeah, four stage wins would have been beautiful and it, it wouldn't have would have been good for him to yeah, get another four yeah, days. Also, it would have been good. Let me finish. It would have been good for him to get another four days of a grand tour to set him up for the Tour de France. You're a young father. You've got a Lamborghini. You live in Monaco. You've already won two stages. Off you go, son. Yeah. Go home. It's a, hey. The legs are a bit sore. The legs are Job's sore. Job done. Tend, tend Job's done. Yeah. His name is not Dan Jones. His name is Caleb Ewan, mate. Well, hey, mate, even the... He's a bit fun. See you later. <laughs> right, um, let's go, yeah. Daniel Martin. I tell you, Dan Martin is looking lean. This is, like, he's already a skinny guy, but, geez, I saw a photo of him up on the podium. This looks as lean as I've seen him. He's gotten better. Every day in the climbs, the first day, uh, uh, you know, he was he struggled a little bit. He got better every day. Uh, he's when 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 they go, he's right there. I, I'm impressed. I I would not be surprised to see him uh, um, get onto the podium. Matter of fact, I think he just as much a chance of uh, getting on there as as Hugh Carthy. Uh, so, and I've been impressed. I, I'm I'm giving him uh, uh, an eight, almost pushed to an eight point five. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, Johnny. I think he he, he is someone that can fight for the podium. Um, and I like the kit. I do like the Israeli um, and the EF kit, actually, both those teams with change of, of kit for, for the Giro. Mm. Um, he's just got to survive some of those descents when we get into the big mountains. You know, he's um, – but, uh, yeah, I think he's doing just what he needs to do. He's keeping himself in the hunt and he's looking pretty reasonable. Um, I'm just waiting for the first big, long – you know, hilltop finish, like real proper, you know, Dolomites yeah. kind of climb just to sort out who really is truly in contention. We've got them coming up pretty soon. Um, yeah. And, and fine. you mentioned the kit. You mentioned the kit. I love the kit. And that's mm. uh, specifically for the Giro because of their sponsor, Fantini Wines. And Valentino Scotty, who owns uh, Fantini Wines, is a good mate of mine. So, uh, and he's loving the detour. He sent me a, a couple of messages. Tell him to send uh, some grog. I love the detour. Yeah. I want some kit, mate. Get him to send us some kit. No, no, you're right. He, he sent me a box of uh, wine, but the trouble is, oh, he sent me a well, box. He, sends he you sent the me box. a box. He sent me a box, but it was in amongst some more extra wine he sent to Jerry. And uh, uh, I haven't got it yet, but I'm sure it's just sitting there with my name on it, waiting uh, uh, for me to pick it up. Yeah, well, wow, share it, wow. share it around, John. It's good to hear I will, you get I will. On the I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I will tell you, not that I would say uh, that the Mitchelton wine is not the best wine on the market, but that Fantini red, it's, got a, it's like a Shiraz, but it's a little bit different, but it is amazing, absolutely just chocolate gold. I'll, uh, I'll definitely have a bottle for just each Just on you. reds, wasn't someone, su wasn't someone suggesting for you a drinking game or something? Like, oh, yes. it, what was that yeah. about? 
about uh, a drinking game we should put in. We, we should set the rules up uh, because I evidently do say one word a couple of times. I, I don't amazing. Know it, is. it could be amazing. It could be. When you used yeah, to read yeah, out the scripts and you talk about Mitchell and you say, it's amazing. You've got to go to this amazing. Yeah. Because I'm perfect. <laughs> Remember that. Well, you've given, well, we're not supposed to tell them what the word is, mate. But, um, yeah, so it's a drinking game. Whenever uh, I say that, then everyone has to uh, skull something. So we'll have to come up with the rules and okay. we'll do it for the right. after the rest day. We'll, we'll bring it in for the rest of the Giro. Right. That and sounds like um, sounds like an amazing game. Um, that's right. The, uh, <laughs> hey, before we go off um, off Israel team, Andre Greipel got a oh, win yeah. in Mallorca. Monkeys off the back. Yes. Monkeys off so, the gorilla's back. Very, very happy for he's a look, he's a, a fantastic guy, really good guy. He actually lived in this he lives in the suburb where we used to meet for our training bunches in Cologne when I lived in Germany with Jason Phillips and Corey Sweet and, and all the guys, the Graps brothers, they live there as well. Um in uh Cologne Hurt. Um so yeah, really, really nice guy. You know, all the Aussie guys know him really well. So super happy, you know, like Cav getting his wins in Turkey earlier this yep. year. Now Greipel's got his win as well. Um, so really happy for those guys that have been um, journeymen, you know, to come away with wins here and there. I, yeah. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. It was two and a half years between victories. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, we tried to get him to the Herald Sun Tour, to the J.K. Herald Sun Tour, when Israel rode uh, last year. And because, you know, they did two down under, then they were coming across and, and did uh, did our race. But they weren't, they didn't, they didn't bring Greipel. And Zach Dempster, who works for the team, he agreed. We had the conversation. He said, look, mate, I've been trying to tell them Andre hasn't had a win for a couple of years now. Don't send him to the biggest races where he's up against the best sprinters. Get him a win somewhere else, and and you know bringing him to to our yeah. race. He, he might have had a he would certainly would have had a better chance of getting a win there than going to you know Amman or wherever he ended up going to um, instead of our, coming to our race. But uh, yeah, they didn't do it, and obviously for us it would have been great because he's such a well known. Um, international rider in Australia from all of his stage wins at the Tour Down Under. So we're all, we, both Zach and I were disappointed that the powers that be um, didn't didn't bring him to the Sun Tour. It's like us in a test cricketer. Mate, you want to get back into the runs? We've got a little tour coming up against <laughs> Bangladesh here. <laughs> Let's Gun go. Belted, yeah, double century, mate. Come on. That's show it. Collectors. You can still do <laughs> it, yeah. And the Bakerits, that's like the Bangladesh PM's 11. It's like playing right. Canada. It's like playing Canada. Canada pub, in, pub, in the cricket. Pub cricket. Now, that's, now that is a game we can all play. I'm the world champion of pub cricket. Oh, that's another story. Um, <laughs> now, Yatesy, he's sitting 10th on GC, 55 seconds down. Now, are you going to give an honest assessment here, John? Well, first of all, get it right. He's ninth. So, so he's not 10th. Is he ninth? ninth? Yeah. Oh, he is too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, look. He came into this race uh, as probably equal favourite. He was favourite up until I think the, the, the day before. Um, and so you would have expected a little bit more. And these are the sort of climbs you would have thought he would be really good at. Uh, so I would I would down I'd probably only give him a seven to seven point five. I still believe he's going to be a real threat in this bike race. He's got great form. He didn't handle the cold in the first couple of days. Even yesterday he didn't look he was there, but he didn't look great. I reckon we'll, he's really seen himself for the longer climbs. He is a good, really good climber as he, he's won the Vuelta. We know he can get through a Grand Tour. I mean, a couple of years ago, he dominated this bike race and only cracked on the last mountain day. But So I think we're not, in the third week of this, we'll see Simon really come out his own. But on, on the performances so far, uh, a seven. Scooter? Um, I hope you're right because obviously we want um, the team to do well and, and for Simon to do well. I would give him 5.5 to 6 because he has come in to try and win it. Um, and he's up against Bernal, who was always going to be the favourite coming in, I thought, as the, the you know, depending on his back, um, as a Tour de France winner. But he just hasn't shown that he's a real true contender yet. And let's hope that that does turn around. And when they get onto the, the longer climbs, and if it does warm up, whatever. Um, hopefully that changes. But for now, for his expectations coming in, sitting ninth place, the back of the group yesterday, like he was the last rider in the second group of the of the of the or the chase group behind Bernal. Um, so that just indicated he wasn't, you know, he was just struggling up there, just getting up the hill and hanging on. 
Um, and that's not what we're expecting or not what he was expecting. So I'd, I'd put him down, you know, around 5.5 to 6 for now and hope, hopefully he gets better. Well, it sounds from talking to Whitey that um, they are really not worried, but I mean, most GC teams about that stage 11 with those those gravel sectors, it seems like they're predicting that, you know, that could definitely won't win the Giro, but you could lose it on that one. For sure. That, that second yep. gravel section, that climb, it's a, it's like four and a half kilometre climb, and evidently it's quite steep. Um, you know, th- th- there's a sprint <laughs> halfway up it. <laughs> Not a kick of the oh. sprint, but uh, that seems a bit ridiculous. But anyway, um, yeah, look, I, I think it's going to be uh, fascinating. I don't know that we really need to go through giving points to the others. In no. the, I don't think there's anyone else in this bike after that. No, you know why, bike. John? Boring. That's why. <laughs> and we're past the hour. This is going yep. to be a 45 minute quickie. I know. All right. Well, <laughs> there's probably not much more to add other than wish you a very happy birthday tomorrow, John. Thanks, mate. I hope you have a great day. Um, we're going to have a day off as well with the rest day. And, uh, geez, we're going to be previewing a monster stage 11 with all those gravel sections and um, should hopefully, yeah. Be a safe stage ten, um, no crashes. But whenever you go into the Giro and you look at the, the profile, and you go, "Oh yeah, pretty straightforward." Something always happens every <laughs> time. <laughs> Who, who's, your, who's your pick, uh, uh, Scooter? Who's your pick for the stage? Uh, oh, gee, I haven't really thought about it too much. To, to be honest, um, um, oh, Tim Tim Malia. I think Tim Malia. Oh, funny, I thought you'd say that. A, I... a, as a pure sprinter, but I just think that there is, like Bora have done this before, and it, I know it's still a long way from the finish, and it's only a Cat 4, but it's the two ramps before that. So I think Bora, they're not going to wait for the Cat 4. I think they have to really hit it in the third last climb, into the second, and then into the last one, and really just absolutely smash it and make this much harder than people would like it to be to get rid of those super fast sprinters. It's the only chance Peter has of winning this stage, I think. Um, mm. And they've got to do something, haven't they? So... Yeah, what do you think, John? I'm going for a breakaway. Mm. And uh, I think uh, – um, I, I would think Whitey was spot on. They'll have to get a good bleed because Bora will try to light it up over that uh, hill. But uh, when it comes to the breakaway, there's one man. He hasn't done anything in this uh, Giro so uh, far. Yep, yep. Who do you reckon? Thomas DeGant. Thomas DeGant, Exactly. Uh, mm. uh, he's my pick. I, I, I think uh, he hasn't been able to worry about uh, Caleb. The team have lost another, I think, another two riders have uh, pulled out. So uh, I reckon uh, old Tommy the Tommy the Gent will be uh, uh, up the road uh, tonight. Mm. Yeah, that, that's a good call because he, I think the tactics have been do nothing at all. Normally he's in every break, every day going for it. And I reckon, because yeah, the guy's been third in this race overall before. So he can get over a hill if he really has to. Um, so I think he's changing the tactics. Because remember, he won a, a stage of, I think it was the Vuelta, and it was, uh, he, he'd attacked in the Giro, in the Tour, and he did all these multiple attacks. And I think it was like the 20, some 23rd day in a row, or 23rd day of being in breakaways, and he finally got the stage win. And he <laughs> tweeted about it and said, if someone told me, that it'd be the 23rd day that I'd finally get the win. I wouldn't have bothered attacking in the other two. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Hey, uh, guys, the girls have done well before we go. Um, uh, we had the couple of women's races just recently in Spain, GP Ibar with Anna van der Breggen doing what she does best and, and win races. Spratty, Amanda Spratt was in 10th place. And Johnny, Navarra Women's Classic, Grace Brown was fourth. That was a good ride by her. Yeah, Cuban Missile won it. I can't think of her name. But, uh, yeah, Grace was uh, – she led the, the chasing group in. So she's actually got really good form, uh, Grace. Um, I was surprised they didn't put her in a couple of the, the races, like especially best on the A, but she was second the year before. They didn't put her in. Didn't, didn't you uh, promise that you were going to get her in the team? Yeah, you're going to but, pull uh, some strings uh, and nah. I, I, I did. I did pull some strings. Um, it didn't do any good. <laughs> team Moscow influence on the never, team. You're probably sure. never going to start again. Yeah. No. Anyway, um, she's just going to no, get no. better and better too. 
Yeah, I, I was interested. There was only two day a day apart those two races in Spain, and uh, Annemiek ran second in one and third in the other. Uh, so she uh, she's a strong lady. Yeah, but she's yep. left the team, so she's not riding with bikers anymore. So we don't worry about Annemiek. Don't, we don't like <laughs> her anymore. No, she's fantastic. She's a movie star now, mate. She's a movie star. Yeah, she yeah. is. She is. Hey, um, a little bit of trivia on this stage. Stage ten starts in Laquila, um, which. I still remember after, you know, having lived in Italy for two years, the um, terrible earthquakes wasn't there then, but uh, 2009 had the um, 6.3 um, scale earthquake that went through Aquila. There were 300 or so people, I think, killed and something like 65,000 people were homeless after that earthquake because, you know, hey, the old buildings, the old houses in Italy, mm. give them a bit of a shake, um, a bit of a huff and a puff and they, they fall down. And, um, yeah, so it was really tough on this particular region from, from back then. So that's where the stage starts tonight. Yeah. Um, remember when we were over there for the Giro, they had that song. I could not get it out of my head, the one, the fun race, Domani. Remember it was oh. on all the radios and that all the big um, singers and songwriters from Italy all chiming in. It's almost like We Are The World. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and almost as good as um, Feel the Rush at the Tour Down Under. The yes. Seat <laughs> Not quite as good. Feel the Rush. Oh, yeah. oh. On that note, we're padding. We are padding. We <laughs> are. All right, it's time to go. You didn't get what my What about the tip. vodka story? What about the vodka story from the uh, – there was a stage that you weren't too good at. Blood Orange. We were working. Blood Orange. Blood yeah, Orange mixed vodka, vodka Blood Oranges. That's it. We didn't work on the stage that day. We let that <laughs> one slide, didn't we? <laughs> Anyways, I've got to find that tip, hard mate? drive. Ooh, uh, what, sorry, what, John, what John said again, but if it comes together for a sprint, corner wagon. There yep. you go. There you oh, go. All right. Leave. Thanks yeah, for joining okay. in. Happy birthday tomorrow, Johnny. We'll be back in a couple of days' time to preview a monster gravel stage. If you want to get involved, remember, tell your mates, youtube.com forward slash the detour podcast. If you're listening on audio like Apple, iTunes, give us a rating review, five stars. And, uh, yeah, spread the word. Appreciate all the support. We'll see you again in a couple of days' time. Bye.